Galloway. And I'm Tracy Galloway. Welcome to our podcast, 36 Questions. This is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love. Now, these 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron, who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy. We have been married 26 years and have four almost grown children together. We've both been in Christian leadership for almost 30 years now. I've been a pastor, you've been a pastor, and we've both been student pastors. And I lead right now a nonprofit organization that does outreach to people experiencing homelessness. You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to find more intimacy and authenticity in your own relationships. Let's dive in. here at 36 questions i'm juan carlos ricardo galloway and i'm tracy danielle galloway though i wish i would have changed my middle name to my maiden name when i got married which is lucia lucia hey but alas i didn't what's the matter with you forget about it (laughs) well it's a blustery spring day and uh, it's my day off and uh, your day off. Yeah, it's pretty windy. You might hear some wind in the background even shaking the rafters. It reminds me of my favorite children's cartoon I used to show my kids when they were little called The Blustery Day by uh, Christopher Robin, Pooh Bear. I don't know. All I remember was Piglet was flying through the air a lot. That was a good one. That was a good one. So it is, of course, time for our question of the week. And we're on number seven of 36 questions. And this one is a, a little, has a little dark edge to it. It does. Uh, so prepare yourself. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Hmm. Hmm. Well, <laughs> interesting. For see- me, it's more all the ways I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to burn to death. <laughs> and I don't want to drown. Don't want to be stoned. Yeah, I don't want to be stabbed 50 times. Shot. Or shot. <laughs> drowning. Drowning seems horrible. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of air, airplane crash. That's always scary. Airplane crash, yeah. Or yeah. Uh, skydiving accident. <laughs> Shoot doesn't Well, happen. at least that's fast. At least it's fast. Know. But it's kind of a bummer because if you're skydiving, you're in pretty good shape, usually. And so you're sort of dying at your prime, I think, if you die at a skydiving accident, don't you think? Well, I I don't know if I have a real hunch about how I'm going to die. I don't know. Of course, I hope I just die in my sleep, like, whoop, I'm gone. Um, but I will tell you, I did think about dying yesterday, hmm. you know, coincidentally. Why? Uh, I was at church, and it was a big crowd. And many times when I'm at church and there's a big crowd, yeah. I think about what's going to happen if there's a shooter. Do you really? I do. Um, because I want to be prepared mentally and not be going to panic mode like, of course, everyone else will. I want to actually be prepared so I know what to do. You want to take him down, don't you? Well, <laughs> I mean, the odds of me taking him down, of course, are very slim. But yes, I want to be ready because everybody else will be panicking. Someone has to immediately run at the person to stop them. Right. Multiple people. Uh, Preferably. Ideally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, 
anyway, that's what I think about. But then as I was daydreaming during the message about that scenario, I thought about how, you know, how sad it would be because my daughter's about to get, our daughter's about to get married and there'd be a wedding without dad and they'd probably put it off and they'd probably cry a lot. And then, you know, anyway, that's how, that's how your mind goes, right? Like, well, that would be a drag for my family if I was dead, if I didn't make it, right? So you were thinking of it happening actually yesterday, not if it happened one day. Yeah, in yesterday morning, Sunday morning in this church service. You know, it might be because we have the security police officer at the front of the church and it kind of triggers in your mind when you see him. I mean, I'm so glad he's there, actually. Yeah. I went up to him last time and thanked him. I said, thank you for being here, keeping us safe. And he's like, oh, gee, thanks. Like, he appreciated it. I actually didn't see him yesterday. Otherwise, that definitely would have triggered my thought. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I guess because this happens a lot in today's day and age, you know, shooters around America. And so I just, hmm. I don't know, in a church where there's a lot of people, it just, that's what makes me think of. I wonder if our kids think of that frequently going to high school with all of the mm. high school shootings that have happened or That's even more college a location because yeah. you and I are not in a school environment anymore. So right. it doesn't cross our minds. So it only crosses our mind at, at church. But I wonder if that crosses their mind regularly. And I get the school alerts from our son's college. If anything's going down on campus, if the car gets broken into like every week, we get alerts, weather report. I, yeah, I get a text. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So your answer to the question well, my answer is I don't really have a hunch of how I'm really going to die. I, I don't. I just hope I die in my sleep. That's more of a hope. I really don't have a hunch like I'll probably die this way or that way. I don't know. I guess I'll die like everybody else. You have a heart attack or a stroke or something or cancer. I don't know. Something like that. But I really don't know. But uh, my my uh, daydream was uh, stopping a mass shooter. <laughs> That's how you want to die? No. Just that was my daydream. You know, what's interesting about this podcast is if it's still up online in the cloud or whatever in the future, Mm. that it's interesting that someone may listen to this or kids or grandkids may listen to this and know how we died because we'd already be dead when they're listening to it. And they'd be like, oh, they were right. Granddad, great granddad did save us from a shooter. I like, hope this isn't prophetic, this episode. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Now I wish I hadn't said that. I know. I'm just saying it'll be interesting if it's still out there, you know, because right. eventually whoever's listening to this may be able to look up how we actually passed away. I think something mm. interesting you've always told me is that you would prefer that you would pass away before me. And you say that all the time. Oh, yeah, of course. I don't want to be left behind. <laughs> it sounds like the book left behind with Kirk Cameron or Nicholas Cage. I uh, didn't see either one. Anyway. Um, yeah, that would be the worst possible thing I can imagine is you die. And then I'm left here all alone without you like a miserable. So of course, yes, that's, that's the deal I've made with you or I've, I basically, I don't think I've made it. I just said, this is the way it has to be. I go first. Yeah. That's the deal. Then you can die whenever you want. Right. But if I die first, which, because in your family, they lived really long. I mean, really, well, I guess both of our families on one side, there's a lot of longevity going into the upper 90s. On the other side, not so much. So we'll see who we take after and when we go. But I think with uh, dying, Mm -hmm. 
that if I were to go regularly, we talk about this because I've been so sick for so many years, Mm -hmm. that it just seems more probable that I'll go first, that I always say you have to wait one year before you remarry so you don't remarry on the rebound because they'll be like, I'm lonely. I need somebody now. (laughs) That's pretty common. I know. Guys, they're used to having, you know, their wife. So, yeah, they get married fast. Right. But you want to make a good choice. And sometimes you need to know somebody a little bit first. Yeah. That's a good that's a good plan, although you really can't hold me to it because you'll be gone. But it'll be in this in podcast scenario. so everybody will know. <laughs> that's true. This is what I wanted. Oh man, now I'll be held accountable. Oh, <laughs> At wow. least a year. To all twenty of our listeners or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how many. I think we have like eighty listens a podcast or something. I don't know, something like that. We're doing mm-hmm. pretty good. Well, before I answer, I would like to recommend a book. Yeah, because this topic feeds into your book recommendation of the week. By the way, before we go into that. I actually used to also think about dying at church uh, when we were pastors, when we had pastor City Tribe Church, which was a church in a garage for the homeless. And it was inner city were, church. Yeah, and it inner, was more like a coffee house because we had tables and desserts and coffee. And it was more of that kind of vibe. Right. And sometimes we would jam 100 people into that garage and it was so tight. You mm-hmm. could you had to step over people to move around. It wasn't like a. it was bigger than a garage. It was more like a warehouse space. Yeah, it was like a big garage but a small warehouse yeah and so yeah it was i mean when i say we had 100 people in there it it was uncomfortable um (laughs) i mean everybody's having fun and we loved it 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 gave it a party atmosphere yeah it was upbeat but sometimes we had some characters show Mm. up who were not in their right mind right okay and or maybe you know on something and so i have when we work i worked in that building you know with people addicted and things like that. And I have had people act real rough or, you know, like kind of out of their mind or whatever. So I, I, I just consider that happening with that, those hundred people and someone pulling out a weapon and like a gun. Hmm. And I was like, I, so I prepared in my mind, what am I going to do? Hmm. Because somebody has got to know what to do. Hmm. So my plan was, you know, if that happened in the middle of that, whatever I would, I would slowly approach the person. I put my arms out like, hey, man, it's OK. We love you. You don't have to do that. And I just keep coming closer and closer. And that's what I, I mean. Whenever somebody was volatile, I would just hug them. They didn't always like it, <laughs> but I would just smile real big. They might have a crazy look. I'd say, hey, I'm so glad you're here. And I would start hugging them because hmm. I didn't have any I didn't have any security or ushers or anything. It was just us in a garage, you know, hmm. uh, but I did think about that. I didn't. Thank goodness. So, all right. Anyway, um, so time for the book recommend. So what I think is an amazing book. In fact, when I used to pastor a church, I did a whole month long series on this book. And this is a topic you think you could cover in one message and it'd be over. And but I was able, because this book had so many fantastic, cool, interesting stories, I was able to bring it through four weeks, and I could have even gone longer. It really turned out to be a fun series. And the book is called Imagine Heaven by... John Burke? John Burke. And the cool thing is, is he went and studied tons of people who died. Tons. And he chose, he cherry-picked a hundred of them people who died and who had come back to life through modern medical technology. 
or they just kind of died and then came back, you know, through yeah, a miracle. Them. I don't know, something yeah. happened and they just, oh, they're, <gasps> and they're alive again. And so basically the people that died were from different countries, spoke different languages, didn't know each other from different time periods. So they had no contact with each other, basically. And they all had the same story of what happened to them when they died. And I just thought that was so incredible. And so some of the things are kind of what you'd see in the movies, because when they do a movie of someone dying, they actually go back and they study people's stories who've died and what they experienced. So they know how to film it. Mm -hmm. So some of it's true. Like, for example, all of them experienced hovering over their body and seeing their body laying there. Right. They all experienced kind of a going up feeling. They all went into a kind of a tunnel sort of situation. And all of them, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And they all came out of it. All of them saw people who'd passed away before them. Some had angels who were with them. Some didn't. Uh, and then a really cool thing that I think is so crazy is most of them said when they came out of the tunnel, they literally like rolled out or stepped out onto grass and I thought grass that's so crazy because you think of heaven you think of white clouds I don't know you know somewhere you don't want to be be boring but they said it was like there were colors they'd never seen before everywhere that there was music they never heard before and instruments they'd never experienced before Mm. and that it was in the air and that the music and the colors were permeating even through the grass and the grass was the softest they'd ever felt before and that the grass was moving to the music and was like translucent and they felt so happy, so peaceful, so glad and it was so euphoric. Mm-hmm. that when and, and different people experience different things just like if you were to roll out onto earth and one person rolls out by the beach another person rolls out in the mountains another person rolls out in the city they all kind of saw different things but very similar right. and all of them were uh when they came back to earth because they were either paddled clear you know or they I don't know they just woke up you know whatever it was they all felt like it was coming back into a muddy pit of mud and darkness that compared to heaven earth was like this muddy dark thick heavy gloomy place comparatively Mm, right and so all of them suffered deep depression even if they had like family and little kids and they were glad to be back and alive and their life was awesome they all suffered from depression because heaven was so incredible Mm. all they wanted to do was go back and then one chapter of the book it talks about hell which I actually looked in the concordance I was like I want to I want to go there right now like what what's up with the hell thing like what's happening and it showed people who died um and what they experienced as they were going to hell and so I know that's really kind of dark and difficult for people to talk about and people don't like to talk about hell especially in today's day and age of I don't want there to be a hell so there's not one um, which goes against everything the Bible teaches but and also it goes against all the people who've died and experienced it and so it, that chapter I'm not gonna lie it was really way more intense than I thought it would be it's creepy and intense and uh, but that fortunately they did come back to life. Yeah. <laughs> so they had another chance. That was the cool part. Right. They had yeah. a second chance and they 
gave their life to the Lord. And, and, and another thing is a lot of people saw Jesus, mm-hmm. um, even people who were from different religions, mm-hmm. uh, Hindus, Muslims, people, they, they, they saw Jesus. Yeah. And that was interesting. They're like, oh. And so that, that was kind of cool, too, because, you know, I've always had this feeling growing up, like, what's heaven or what's hell? Is it real? Like, it seems like, yeah. you know, really, like, really, like, is that just kind of an imagined thing or, but all these documented stories and them all having the same experience to me was proof for someone who's not a believer at all. Right. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. And I, I actually, when you first bought the book, uh, I, I'm going to confess, okay, in my arrogance or whatever, I was like, ah, it looks like a dumb book. And it's part of, partially because you bought it at the drugstore at the Christian book little rack. Oh, CVS. Yeah. Did I get it at CVS? Yeah. And, and wow. I don't know, you know, I, I condescendingly look down upon books bought at the drugstore. And, you know, I'm a book snob, basically. So, but here's what happened. We're on vacation, going to the beach. And I said, you know what? I'm going to read uh, a Christian book while I'm on the beach. You know, something to kind of, I don't know, fill me up or whatever. Besides reading my, my normal Uncle John's bathroom reader or a novel. <laughs> so I started reading it. I really liked it. I actually thought, wow, this is, this really like made my imagination come alive to imagine what it's going to be like and how good it's going to be. Right. It made it so much more real and tangible. Yeah. yeah. It took some fantasy kind of cloudy thing and made it, it put, it just made it so real, which was yeah. really and, cool. And he puts the way he matches verses in the Bible to the stories. Right. is Fascinating. Cause he'll tell their story and they go, this confirms what it says in revelation, blah, 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 mm-hmm. or whatever book of the Bible. I mean, from old to new Testament, I was like, wow, that really aligned. That was really cool. Right. And it, I tell you, it really makes you feel, well, here's what I felt. I felt like everything I do on earth matters and it's going to count for when I get there. Yeah. And that's one of the things people felt. They said like every single single thing they said, mm-hmm. everything they did rippled out and they could see it. And it's they like, did a review in heaven of their whole life. Yeah. All of them had a review of their whole life and what they'd done, good and bad yeah. before the Lord. And they could see everything they said and everything they did and how many people it affected for good or for bad. Yeah. And I thought, wow, everything I say and do really does matter. Yeah. So I, I, I give it two thumbs up as well because I really did. This is not the kind of book I would ever buy or ever read. And I was pleasantly surprised. You were right. I was wrong. Excellent pick. And, you know, it's great if you know someone who passed away or you have and you. I used to do funerals. And so I always had lots of copies in the church office. And if someone passed away, I would give this book to the family members because that's a time where they really are curious. Like, Mm -hmm. what did my wife experience when she died? What did my husband, what did my mom or my dad experience when they died? And so they're at a time where they're really curious about that. And so I give this book full of scientific fact evidence of people's lives always. And it's, it's a great gift to someone who's just experienced a loss for sure. Great recommend. Thanks, honey. Okay, let's get back to question number seven, Tracy, so you can tell us uh, your answer. Uh, Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Hmm. Well, hmm. (laughs) I feel like there's been so many times in my life where I thought I was going to die. Uh... Some just out of silly fear, mm-hmm. 
like one time I was tubing down the New Braunfels River in Texas as a teenager and there was this area where my tube flipped over and there were these tree roots and my legs got caught in them mm. and I was under and the pressure the water was holding me under and I couldn't get out wow. and I thought oh my gosh I'm probably I, I could go and luckily someone came and got me untangled and pulled me out in time and uh, or when we went river rafting on the Nile in Africa and we were underneath the water and the ra- you know level five and rapids tossed and tossed around and, around and I thought I'm not gonna make it so there's been lots of times after 9-11 I was flying on a plane and I felt like we weren't going the right direction I don't know I was probably just scared yeah, but there's so yeah. many times I, I thought I was gonna die probably more than the normal person and I think it's they call it the Italian thing like Italian women are always thinking about death or the evil eye or they wear, why they always were black <laughs> always were black yeah, I always wear black. So I do know I I think about death probably more than the average person. You're morbid. I know. My grandfather did the same thing. Every time I saw him, I'd say goodbye to him. He'd be like, well, this may be the last time I see you, honey. And, <laughs> and he lived in hug. his 90s. He lived to be 90-something. <laughs> so hopefully that'll be me, you yeah, know, yeah. and I'll make it for a long, good life. Um, but if not, my hope, yeah, obviously is I would prefer to go to sleep and die in my sleep and I'd go from dreaming or sleeping to rolling out into heaven you know onto that nice grass that would be my preference than um, having a long drawn out difficult um, death that's not so fun but you know we can't choose how we die and so my hope is that regardless of what happens to me or to you that if we have to suffer that we would suffer well and that the way we respond to whatever we uh, are faced with, that we would face it with grace and love and mercy and that we would reflect the love of Jesus and God's glory in the midst of whatever situation we're faced with at the end. But I can definitely say that knowing that when we die, because we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that our sins are forgiven and that we're going to heaven that's a real reassurance because i know that the hardest thing about dying is that i'd never see you again if you were gone or you'd never see me again Mm -hmm. but knowing that i'm going to see you again in heaven and that even my kids when if they follow the lord with their lives and they follow the bible the word of god that when they die i can be there at heaven to greet them as they come in and my grandchildren And so I actually, I know this sounds kind of crazy, and I'm sure no one thinks about this, but I actually look forward to standing at the entrance of heaven and greeting my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandchildren as they come in to heaven because they follow Jesus with all of their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul. I I hope. I think a lot about how, yeah, I could go now. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it's a stressful day or it's like really hard or really grinding, and I'm just like, ready for heaven i'm ready for jesus you do say that and that's so funny to me because i'm I'm always like i'm not ready to go i have so much left i want to do i've had such a good life i just i mean of course i do want to live a a long life okay but do i want to live till i'm 100 no no thank you i'd rather live till you know my brain and my 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 body i can get around and all that but i don't want to just lay in bed decrepit and not know who i am or something Mm. i would rather go you know earlier than that um, but 
honestly, I've had such a great life with you, with our kids, with all the things I've gotten to do. I pretty much have gotten to do everything my heart dreamed of. You know, I have a lot more new vision and goals now, but honestly, I'm blessed. I've had a great life. I'm ready to go whenever the Lord wants to take me. But the longer you live, the more people you can influence. Uh, Yeah. And that's why I want to stick around. Yeah. Me too. You know, but he he determines the time. So, you know, whatever he thinks is good. Yeah. There's a verse that says he knows the day, he knows the hour, he knows the time. And so whatever it is and however it looks, it's in God's plan. It's in his hands. Yep. So can't worry about it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been an interesting episode. It's interesting how these questions go deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I don't even know what the next question is, but I'm looking forward to it. And I wonder if they're, mm-hmm. I, it's hard to imagine going deeper than this question because this one seems pretty deep, but we'll see. So it's been great having you. Thanks for listening in as we answer 36 questions that draw us closer in our relationship. And hopefully you can use these questions too with your loved ones and maybe discuss these things when you sitting around the dinner table or going to bed at night and talk with your uh, parents or your kids or your friends or your neighbors and draw closer to them. Sounds like a plan to me. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Bye.